Hey, welcome to another episode of this week's Gig News, part of the Gig Two Podcast Network. Yeah, I said network, even though it's only just me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm your host, Chattagay Economist, in Sanford, Florida, not Orlando. Um, but and my co-host Hannibal is hungry, is up there in Brooklyn. How you doing, man? Doing great, doing great. It's raining. It's raining everywhere. It's raining where you are. It's raining where I am. Oh my god, I got soaked today. Whoops. Yeah, it kind of it kind of hit us <laughs> maybe like an hour from. But it's not you've been raining with from where you are for a while, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, in Florida, it rains like between like June and August, like pretty much like every afternoon, like clockwork, like yeah. After between lunch and dinner. Hmm. By the way, I'm drinking caramel macchiato flavored stout. 8.7 ABV. Oh, oh, oh. Be careful now. Well, that's not <laughs> to me. That's not that's like you gotta get you gotta get double digit ABV before um, it's a uh, really strong. Oh, mm-hmm. you know what I forgot to do? Oh wait, no, here it is. All right, so uh, we have an ad. A new advertiser, and I forgot to bring up their website. There we go. Sorry, this is the uh, this is what happens when you try to do it on the fly, folks. All right, so here's our our new advertiser. We actually have three three ads this week. Nice. Our first ad is this new um, podcast called "Tip You on the App" by. Jeff Kuntz, and he wants us to play this little, um, I think it's like a 30-second clip here, so listen up, everybody. What's up, Chad and Hannibal? After everybody listens to your awesome show, I invite all of you to check out my new show, the Tip You on the App podcast at tipyouontheapp.com. Here's a few highlights from episode number one. You got two choices. Do you pick up your phone, start recording yourself crying? Understand that Grubhub put me out of business. I'll do something for eight dollars, and then when I do, when I'm done doing it, I get fifteen. Why? why I'm, not, I'm not sure why I'm supposed to be mad at that, but it's a thing. That's tipyouontheapp.com. And hey, Chad, I have an awesome Instacart opportunity for you to triple your daily earnings. I'm going to be sending you a six-digit code here in just a minute, so make sure you email it to me asap. Have a great show, guys. All right, so check out Tip You on the App. Dot com. It's a new podcast. So far, you can just listen to it on the website or on SoundCloud. He's going to wait until he gets enough episodes banked before he starts putting them on all the major podcatchers and stuff. So Nice. And I, I did listen to the first episode. Pretty interesting. Um, he definitely has a, an insight similar to ours because he's, you know, he works in a gig economy. And at, he was saying that he, at one point, he ran a local food delivery company in, uh, I believe it was Fort Myers, Florida. And this is like, I think like 10 years ago. And then when DoorDash and Uber Eats and Grubhub came around, like as you heard in that, that, that yeah, sound that bite was, there, yeah, like yeah, he yeah, they yeah. put very, him out of business. Very interesting. Yeah, very, very interesting. Uh, he, he has a, a voice for radio. Mm-hmm. Um, seemed pretty seamless, like in terms of explaining his positions and everything. Yeah. I'll definitely check it out. Like I, I, I listened to the first episode as well. So, um, and he's not saying what everyone else is saying, which is always good. You want to mm-hmm. have a perspective, different perspectives, not, you know, because sometimes we get stuck in an echo chamber where 
we all kind of saying and complaining about the same stuff. So right. um, I definitely, if you got, you know, if you're in a car, check it out. Yeah. I would, the only thing I would recommend, I think he needs like a professional mic, either like this or like this. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure he'll. Or, or like yours. A little bit. Yeah, it was just expensive, man. <laughs> All right. Well, last week it took us like 20 minutes before we got into the news. All right. So before we start, I did <laughs> not do any dashes, but I will start this 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 week act mm-hmm. next coming week. Things are a little light now. You know, I don't know if the, the rush isn't over, but things getting a little lighter. I will. Dash just for you, Chad. I'm gonna dash yeah. and Uber and Grubhub. I'm not gonna Instacart. I'm sorry. It's just I, 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 I was joking, Hannibal. I said I'm going to replace you with a somebody who actually does gig work or <laughs> leaves the house. I will. If, if, I do leave the house. <laughs> if I will replace you with nugs like that. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, I wouldn't even. I wouldn't even complain about that one, man. <laughs> also, something else we were talking about is. There's enough news content that we could do the show twice a week. In fact, I was thinking, and I'm, I'm just thinking off the top of my head here. It's not, no plans are in motion or anything, but I was thinking like, yeah. I might even do like a daily show, like maybe weeknights into like a 30 minute show where I basically just kind of read the gig news of the day. Okay. And then maybe on Sundays we could still do this show where we, you know, opine on what's happening where like, and I could do like a nightly show where it's just me like reading the news, you know, like that, uh, I could actually, let me get that, um, that background. It, it's funny. I Googled newsroom background and like, this was the only one I could find that was free. You know? <laughs> so I think, it's a, I think that's a good idea considering that, um, mm-hmm. like you were like, I, you know, I guess during the week you're just reporting the news and then mm-hmm. the Sunday show, you're mm-hmm. giving your opinion on the news, mm-hmm. which is usually going to take longer than 30 minutes. Yeah. So, anyways, um, let me say hi to some of the people in the chat. Gig IQ's here. Kyle knows here. Dasher Pass. What's up? Mama Svedson. Hannibal is hungry. That guy sounds familiar. Yeah. The Gig Economy Podcast. Hey, it's Jason. Hey, what's up? Kim, Side Money Plans is here. Red Pill. How much money to start our own platform? Do you mean your own delivery platform or your own, like, podcast? A lot. (laughs) Yeah, a lot of money. A lot of money. Um, I have, before we get into the news, I just want to tell a quick story. So I, 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 you know, like we always say like we have like our most interesting gig story of the week before we start the show. And like, I think I should change it to how did Chad get screwed this week? Because (laughs) so I signed up with corner shop like months ago and I finally, I finally got in. I finally got the background check. They sent me, in fact, I did a video of it, like a, like a, you know, a, a short or a, a story or whatever. Yeah. It was a story because it's like one of the ones that disappears and I showed all these. They, with Corner Shop, for whatever reason, they send you their own branded bags. They don't, they don't want you to use the store's bags. I don't know why. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they sent me the uh, pay card and everything. And so today's Sunday and like <clears throat> I turn on the app and it says, you've been assigned this order. And I'm like, all right, great. I'm going to do my first Corner Shop order. And then I'm like, where did I put those payment cards? So I looked all over. I checked like every drawer in my house. I checked a closet. I checked my car. I could not find them. And, and there's, I, there's more than one, right? I think yeah, there's two. There's two cards. Yeah. So after like 20 minutes of trying to find them, I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to have to cancel this order. And I had to oh. email them and tell them I can't find my payment cards. Oh. 
Yeah. Like you, you noob. Mm-hmm. Where's your cards? <laughs> so and it's going to be another week or two until I do corner shop because, well, I'm not. I mean, I guess I could pay for it with my own money and just do the reimbursement, but I'm not going to do that. What's the so, what's, what was the payout? Was it like decent? Or you just want yeah. You just want to try it. You just want to try it. Or yeah. It, it, like- it it's it's really anytime a new platform starts up, it's like they're always in like a loss leader phase. So like you know like when Instagram first started, like people were making money hand over fist because they're just yeah. trying to build up a fleet of workers, you know? So, so they, 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 the payouts are a little better yeah. or much better than they probably will be in, a, I guess, a year or two. Yep. And I almost, almost gave an Uber ride this week. <laughs> so I, <laughs> I did an Amazon flex route that took me way, way far away from where I live. And then I was, I was, I was like, I was going to drive home and like, it's right near Disney. And mm-hmm. uh, so I turned a destination filter on and, I was thinking, because, like, you know, like, there's two airports between where I was and where I'm trying to get to. So I'm like, maybe I'll get a ride. Somebody that's trying to go to the airport. And, you know, I get a, I finally get a ride request, and I'm all the way over in the left lane on I-4. And it's, like, the exit coming up in, like, five seconds. So I'm trying to, like, get over, like, four lanes. And I, I missed the exit. And I'm just like, ah, oh, fuck it. So <laughs> I, had, I canceled the ride. And then I had Instacart on, and I was, pat- like, there was a BJ's. And this is, like... It's this part of Orlando is like the most tourist trap section. It's called like the Millennia area. And uh, just like it takes you like 20 minutes to go like five feet because of like all the traffic, you know. Uh, And uh, yeah, so like a BJ's order came in and, you know, club stores, they usually pay pretty good because like you get the heavy pay bump and all that. And also the stuff's expensive. So even if somebody only tips 5%, they're usually, uh, you know, pretty decent tip. So, I mean, it took me like 90 minutes to knock it out. But then I didn't realize till after I was done, like the like there there was two customers. It was a double. And the second customer didn't tip until after delivery. So, I mean, it came in at like 36, 37 and I yeah. wound up getting like, I think like 48 or $49 for it. So it was totally worth it. Yeah, definitely. Not bad. Yeah. So you think they, they tipped after you did something special or it was just, um, I think they're just one of these people that doesn't upfront tip and they wait to see it to, what the service is. And then they tip. Cause it was, I, I will admit it was, it was not to a great neighborhood. I'm surprised yeah. they tipped at all, but you know I'm thankful. Yeah. The other customer was in a good neighborhood, though. Nice. Anything? Nice. Uh, you got any war stories this week or? No, <laughs> I take care of dogs. They're yeah. great. Well, I mean they're annoying, but they're dogs. I don't have to deal with much stuff. But again, starting, I think I'm actually going to do some dashing for dinner tomorrow because I don't have anything going on. Really? So yeah, right. no, nothing here. Nothing do a. Here, uh, do a ride along video. I don't think you've ever done one. I'm in the dark. I'll be like DoorDash Dash staring at a big. Br- <laughs> and the thing is, you don't want to be in Brooklyn with a bright light in your car. Does uh, anyone yeah. know? Like, it's just. Well, it's the summer. The sun's up until like eight or nine o'clock. Yeah. That's usually when I go outside. <laughs> uh, okay. All right. I guess we're ready to dive into the news. In fact, this yeah. is. See, this is the problem with doing a weekly news show is that by the time we report it, it's already old news because both. Bentley Coop and Valista already uh, reported on these, so you know maybe you got some like gig two fans that never that they don't look at and they wait for you to report the news, so they don't they yeah. may not even know what's going on. I hope so. All right, yeah. so we have two news stories this week of DoorDash drivers getting attacked, and I usually when we have these local news stories, I play the video, but every time I do the my video gets flagged for like copyright infringement or whatever and then it takes them like a day or two or a week and then they 
they take the fl- you know strike off or whatever. But yeah. uh, so instead of playing the video, I'm just going to read you the news story. So we have we have two of these stories. Uh, one's in Texas and one's in Virginia. We'll start with uh, this one in Tyler, Texas. A Texas woman was yelled on multiple charges, including aggravated kidnapping, after police say she attacked a person delivering her grocery order. Uh, let's see. So she says then the, they're both female on female, which is interesting. So the mm-hmm. female in this case, the DoorDash driver, uh, her name's Megan. She, you know, was making a delivery. It says Blanchard's order included alcohol. That's the the arrestee Blanchard. So Megan had her meet in person to scan her ID. It was actually a woman wrapped in a towel, and she was hysterically crying, saying, I'm so glad you're here. You have saved my life. Can I have a hug? The delivery driver said. Megan said she felt sorry for the woman and gave her a hug. As I hugged her, that's when she dragged me into her home, got me by my wrists in a position that I was unable to get away from. She pulled me all the way through the back of her house and took me into her bedroom. She was hitting me in the back of my head with her fist. She was pulling out my hair. She was choking me. Megan was able to get free hand and call 911. And... Not a lot. I mean, these are just the the breaking news stories. There's not a whole lot backstory on this. So that happened. And then, actually, I don't think anybody else covered that one. But I know uh, Bentley Coop and Valistot covered this one. This is the 7-Eleven employee who uh, attacked the DoorDash driver. So, I, I mean, I've picked up a lot of 7-Eleven uh, uh, orders through DoorDash and Instacart before. So this says yeah. a 7-Eleven employee has been – this is in Chesterfield, Virginia – Several employees have been charged with assault after a fight involving a DoorDash driver in Chesterfield. Um, Brandy, that's the DoorDash uh, driver's name. Somebody's just skipped down here. She logged into the DoorDash app Friday morning and was directed to pick up an order at the convenience store. She asked another settlement employee for the order. The employee handed it to her, and she walked out to her car. That's when she says the Surowitz, Sur- that's the woman who, this old lady who kind of looks like Larry uh, David, <laughs> flagged her car down, yelling that she stole the order. She kept saying I was stealing the order, even though the lady had given me the order was right there. So she went back inside to resolve it, and the lady just kept yelling at her and um, putting her fi- you know, finger in her face, and she was recording it on her phone. And she said that she uh, like knocked over a display to get her off of her. And I feel like there's something missing in this story. Like... I, I, if she was already in the car, she should have just been like, you know, what? I already got the order. Screw you. I'm, you know, I'm going. Or it's, I don't, I don't I, know I, I, why. I guess she probably wanted to at least try to rectify the situation. Like she doesn't want to be leaving a, you know, location of yeah. people saying that that she stole something. But the video of the of the Seven Eleven employee, it just like the woman got mm-hmm. extremely aggressive very quickly. So yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe there's something she it was missed before the recording started to happen. But even then, it just seemed like if the person, if the DoorDash driver came back to the 7-Eleven, now what mm-hmm. kind of thief is that? You know what I mean? Like, so why I went from that from that point to you're like going after this woman? It just the, seemed very odd. The, my, the only thing I can think of is that it's like a red card order where you had to, pay, like it wasn't already paid for, you just had to pay for it. Right. And maybe that's what happened, but I haven't seen a red card order in a long, long time, and I, not at Seven Eleven. No, it's usually, a, yeah, those are pickups. Yeah, they, yeah. Just, they just take care of it. So it yeah. is, it's that's the only weird. thing I can think of. And so I don't know what this this crazy old lady, in my opinion. Um, I agree. The Seven Eleven employee <laughs> uh, is she just so out of touch? She doesn't know what DoorDash is. 
I remember can't it's impossible considering a lot of DoorDash orders. You know, Seven Eleven, I'm sure, picks up a lot of or collects a lot of orders. Yeah. So it's just why I went from that that time and the even the first story that you've talked about the kidnapping one is like what is what's happening yeah <laughs> what's going on took it to the bedroom <laughs> all right okay so like is that is some some other stuff that's not being said like what's yeah what's going on where like our safety is like being threatened just working just doing simple well, work is picking up orders and delivering to people the the question is is this a trend or is it just two you know isolated incidents <laughs> you know I, I I mean I, I've heard stories about this. I mean they're pretty rare. I don't think like you know dashers and Instacart shoppers and Uber drivers. Actually, Uber drivers and Lyft drivers are have it the worst because they're dealing with crazy people and drunk people all the time. Yeah. But you know that's one of the nice thing about doing delivery driving is that you don't have to deal with crazy people except maybe like drunk people when you're making a delivery. But yeah, you know like you're at their house. You know it's like all you have to do is just you know. Uh, about face and leave so i'm wondering i'm wondering in both these incidents if like the people knew each other from before and like they had some kind of beef or if that's not it then i think both these ladies either like they're on drugs or they got a mental issue or both yeah i think it it may not necessarily be a trend in, in gig work but i think it's a trend our behavior how our behavior is just starting to dissolve as a society over the last year, like things are breaking down. And again, it depends on your neighborhood. You have maybe in a nice neighborhood and you may not notice anything, but Mm -hmm. neighborhood that I live in and, you know, major cities, especially the the dense populated cities, you know, crime is up. Um, A lot of like just simple interactions with people. Everyone just seems really upset and easily irritated like you can get into an argument very quickly way people are driving mm-hmm. um i was just watching a, a story earlier today about um airline fights like apparently airline you know situations where you have to sky rage <laughs> yeah like uh drunken behavior like they had a mm-hmm. video there's one dude they had to duct tape him into his seat 23 year old he was groping people and trying to attack like uh, yeah, I think and, I saw that on Instagram or Twitter. Yeah, or something. so it's like, what's what happened? Why you can finally travel, right? Like things are opening up. I know there's some whatever, whatever. But why are we fighting more now mm-hmm. than last year or year before? Like, what what's happening with our society? So I yeah. think it's a bigger problem necessarily. Well, the last uh, last you know. year, everybody's just been trapped inside. So yeah, 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 definitely. So if if I am like you know you're a gig worker, you're out there. Are you more careful or are you just do this your routine? Is it the same routine? Do you avoid certain neighborhoods or you just do the same thing you've been doing before this happened or before, you know, um, twenty twenty? Yeah, I mean, there's certain neighborhoods I avoid unless like the unless they actually tip pretty well, which usually the bad neighborhoods don't. Yeah. So it's it's I'm not getting orders out of the bad neighborhood. So Leo wants to say hi. Yeah, there he goes. <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm trying to, like, like I said, um, you know, so I've been doing, you know, I started doing Uber rideshare in like April of 2017 and I didn't start doing, you know, Instacart and DoorDash and all that stuff until late 2018. And Mm -hmm. I just did Instacart on the weekends for kicks and I was mostly hauling around drunk college students and, and, and taking people to and from work, you know, and 
I mean, there were, I was never like in danger, danger, but it just sometimes you get like real drunk, like frat boys in there, especially when you get all, you know, three or four seats filled and they're just, you know, want to listen to like some really aggressive music or something. Right, right, like, right. guys, guys, calm down, you know. Um, but in, I've had like a lot of rude people. I never really had anyone want to like fight, you know, but, right. um, yeah, and, and doing delivery, I can't think of, like, a single situation. Well, I remember once, um, like, when I first started doing DoorDash and and all that, like, I remember I went to, like, a local, like, deli, and right. the the lady at the counter was, like, so rude that I, like, cussed her out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, I never had those problems. Yeah. I never, had, I never really had, like, you have, I have, you know, rude, um, you know, people at the restaurant mm-hmm. never had a rude customer maybe once. So I never had that issue. But um, you got to be careful. You just got to be careful, I guess. So you have to figure out, you know, mm-hmm. like, is this worth it? Especially like you said ride share where you're you're in, you know, you're sharing your car with a stranger or someone you don't know. Yeah. But in terms of, um, you know, you don't want to just you don't want to make it easy on the person, you know, leave your car running with your key in the ignition. Mm-hmm. You know, what I mean, like certain things that you just don't do. <laughs> well, I sometimes think. I do that in the suburbs, especially when it's 100 degrees on a sunny day. And I'm, you know, yeah, I'll leave the AC running. By the way, um, Pedro donated five bucks to uh, my charity challenge. So thanks, Pedro. Yeah, thanks, Pedro. I'm still waiting. He's always, for him. He's, always he's always doing good things, man. I'm still waiting for him to do the actual video challenge, but you know, um, any we we talked last week about maybe doing like a push-up uh, challenge against each other, so you could do the most push-ups. Oh, I told him to email me. I didn't hear from him. So, uh, Kim said she had to go, um, and then Gig IQ is chatting it up here. So, um, yeah. So I think I think we've covered that one. These stories pretty, uh, pretty well. Yeah, I'm gonna move on. All right. So we got uh, some Grubhub news here. I have two Grubhub stories basically about Grubhub is tanking. So uh, there's one on businessinsider.com and one on um, newsnationusa.com, which is actually, I think they just copied and pasted it from uh, Business Insider. So, I mean, there's links to everything in the description below, but I'm just going to go over these real quick. So experts say Grubhub is barreling toward a nightmare scenario unless it's doubled down and it's planning to own urban delivery. And yeah, so, okay, so this 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 News Nation USA is basically, look, it's the same as the Business Insider. So we'll just go with the Business Insider one. Um, okay. If you can see this chart, it shows the uh, U.S. monthly shares of sales among top meal delivery companies from January 2018 to the present. And at that time, Grubhub owned almost half the market, and it's just been on a downward slope ever since. They went from like forty-eight, forty-nine percent to like eighteen percent right now. And uh, DoorDash at the time, they basically swapped. In fact, DoorDash owns over fifty percent of the delivery market right now. And they also they include Postmates in here, although that's kind of. I mean, Postmates says no, no more. So you, you can really combine that with Uber Eats, but, and then they also have Waiter on here, which I don't think we have around here. Do you guys have Waiter in New York? Uh, I do not 
think so. Mm. No, I haven't. I've been one of those West Coast ones like caviar. So anyway, um, so basically, uh, you know, Grubhub has been hesitant to change. Grubhub has been losing market share rapidly since early 2018. It controls 16% of the delivery market, down from 49%. And things could get worse. Former Grubhub corporate employees who recently spoke with Insider decided, described a leadership team that relied too heavily on promoting Grubhub as a discovery channel for restaurants through its app or marketplace. Some said leadership was not interested in, in expanding into grocery delivery or last-mile logistics, revenue-generating business verticals that Uber Eats and DoorDash adopted. Yep, I mean, Uber Eats and DoorDash are both copying Instacart, and they don't seem to be uh, looking back, you know. In a shareholder letter in February 2020, CEO Matt Maloney said Grubhub's marketplace model was powerful platform and a key path to profitability. But Joe McCormick, senior analyst at Third Bird, said that going all-in with its marketplace could be disastrous for Grubhub. The pandemic created more distrust of third-party delivery apps, launching a movement among chains to own the customer journey and reduce their dependence on the apps. So, I mean, this goes on. So you guys can read this um, whenever you want. But, um, you know, I, I I do work for Grubhub, or I should say Grubhub is one of my clients, really, you know. Business um, partner. You're yeah. a business partner with Grubhub. In fact, I actually did pretty well on Grubhub today. I noticed that Grubhub is... It's kind of feast or famine. Like a lot of the orders that come in are like 20, 30 bucks. But it, I, something about Grubhub I noticed is that they kind of pay you like a dollar a minute. So if you see like an order that comes in, it's like 20 bucks. It's going to take you, actually, it's more like 50 cents a minute. It's like if it's 20 bucks, it's going to take you about 40 minutes. Or if it's 30 bucks, it's going to take you an hour. They want to take, they want to, you got to work for it. Like the, the payouts are good, but they're going to make you really yeah. work for it where it, it's rare to get you know, three or four orders in an hour with Grubhub. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, it, to me, I, ha- I have not seen it. So, yeah. like, DoorDash, you can get three orders in, or even sometimes with Uber Eats. But Grubhub is like, yeah, we're going to pay you well, but you got to go all, you're all over here across town. You know, And you're like, ugh. Do you think, but, is there anything DoorDash, or not DoorDash, uh, Grubhub, <laughs> is there anything they can do to kind of reclaim their I mean, lost market share? Or is it... Just a sinking ship. It's just a lot point. of competition, and I guess you know, um, from the article uh, says right here. But to some employees, the company's focus on profitability was a part of Grubhub's downfall. DoorDash and Uber Eats didn't have the shareholders to worry about. What they had was venture capital. So you know, Grubhub went public 2014. At that point, they were probably just trying to not, you know, spend a lot of money trying to make, you know, trying to figure this you know food delivery app thing where you can make a profit which none of them have figured out and uber eats and doordash is like f profits let's just mm-hmm. keep generating as much money as possible and let's keep growing as much as possible forget yeah. simple things like you know customer service you know you know dashers <laughs> satisfaction of the job forget all that just push it push it i mean you know doordash is well i may buy another uh app uh company a small one but like mm-hmm. they're not they're not just in profits they're just Keep growing until one, you know, sells to the other. So I think, I don't know if Grubhub could do anything to, to really change that. And it's yeah. interesting, Grubhub had uh, like this really crazy sale with all their bags. I think UDM put me on. I actually bought a few myself just to have them. And I'm like, why are they selling their bags for so cheap? Like, what's going on? I'm like, I guess they're just, you know, I think they got brought out by um, Just Eat. I guess they're going to be called. Oh yeah, yeah. To, yeah. So well, this it's a European conglomerate called Just Eat Takeaway, and yeah. they own like 
a lot of like European equivalents of DoorDash and Grubhub. And Deliveroo like or something like yeah, that. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, I think I think uh, they had it, and I guess. And it's it's bad though, like the idea that they failed because two companies who don't care about making a profit or care about <laughs> doing things right just push that other company out just by just mass mass amounts of money mm-hmm. and growth and just pushing things. So I mean that's business, right? That's just how it is. Well, I'm I, I'm sure Uber and DoorDash care about profit. I mean, especially on their public, you know you. In fact, we'll come back to this at the end of the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Again, about um, investing and all that stuff. But um, yeah, I mean, it, Amazon worked on that model of you know they didn't really like they were almost like a like a five hundred one c three like nonprofit almost where like or like how a credit union works like how like their businesses but they're mm. not profit so they have to you have to take all your profits and then reinvest them in the company. You know, although which is what most companies do anyway. I don't, we need to get like a real like CEO on this show sometime so they can explain it to us. But yeah, yeah, um, I'd like to know. Yeah, I think Grubhub, they're kind of like the <laughs> Radio Shack or Sears of you know food delivery. You know, they're they're around. They're one of the OGs, but they just you know were really slow to adapt to change and a, a Blockbuster with Netflix. I think you know Netflix was just a mail mm. order thing at a time and Blockbuster was like, "Oh, we got this brick and mortar stuff." Like they didn't see the change in technology and sh- like they could have implemented yeah. all that, but they didn't. So Yeah, you know what? A lot of um there's this uh, YouTube channel, I don't know if you've ever seen it. it's called Company Man. Yeah, yeah, I've seen a few of the, and, Yeah, yeah and like all really his good. videos are about it's basically why one company went out of business or why one company is like the the cream of the crop in their field and and the story for like every company that goes out of business is like they're very very slow to change if at all and then they always get themselves in way too much debt and then they go under um and so i I don't think it's too big too they're too big to implement change quickly i think like startups can change and they're more flexible because but once you get this big conglomerate of people and shareholders or, or franchises it's hard to say, hey guys, we're I think we need to change it and go in this direction because most people are like, no, it's working right now. Why change? And I think that's the problem too with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think just Grubhub's just kind of like the cranky old man, and uh, I mean maybe it, like it, now that if they're owned by another company, this this other company can come in and like start making changes, like like force them to do stuff they wouldn't have done otherwise, but. Yeah, yeah, and it's funny because like Grubhub, they've been around. I think I, I read I read in one of these articles that they were like formed like two thousand four, but they started out like just digitizing paper menus. It said, yeah, yeah. and they they didn't get into food delivery until like you know uh, like twenty eleven or something like that. And I remember like when I first moved to Orlando, I had never heard of any of the companies. Like I had barely heard of Uber when I moved to Florida, and that was it'd be six years ago this Halloween. And it's amazing how much has changed in the last, and like I mean, it feels like yesterday, but yeah. it's yeah, it's amazing how much has changed in six years. I remember when I first moved here, like I I kept you know like I was more in a more urban place than I am now, and I would see like Grubhub in the in the signs of like all the local uh, you know r- restaurants and stuff. I'm like, what is this? And uh, people are like, oh, that's where you can order food to be delivered. I'm like, why why wouldn't I just call the restaurant directly? which is something we talked about like two or three weeks ago, remember? It said yeah. DoorDash study finds that most customers actually prefer to order directly through the restaurant. 
But um, people are explaining it's like, well, that way they don't have to have employee, they don't have to have drivers. They just farm it out to another company, and yep. uh, and they don't have to like it's just all cloud. Like they don't even have to have like a website or anything. It's just all on Grubhub. And I'm like, oh, okay, I guess I get it. But <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it looks like Grubhub is tanking, folks. I don't, I, I really don't know how much, how much longer it's going to be around. I mean, I give them five years. What do you think? What's your over under? <laughs> definitely, definitely gone by five years. I mean, they were selling their hot cold bags for like three dollars. <laughs> they, they, they're, they're out. They, well, they're unless gonna they're going to rebrand them. Yeah, exactly. It's going to be rebranded. But uh, mm. yeah, they were selling those. They didn't have the catering bags on sale though. Oh, nice. I, I want those catering bags. But I'll, to, I'll have to check that out. Yeah. All right. I guess we can move on. Oh, wait, do we have another ad? All right, we got another ad. Yep. Uh, this is the uh, same one as from last week, Driver's Utility Helper. I'm going to play this. Are you a DoorDash delivery driver? Would you like to be safer and less stressed while driving and earn more at the same time? The Driver's Utility Helper app allows you to do just that. Create custom filters and its automated system does the work for you, automatically declining unwanted low-paying requests and accepting more profitable requests so you can focus on driving. Visit acceptordecline.com to get started today. All right, so that was the uh, driver's utility helper from uh, Gary Middleton, Middleton Technologies. I'm hoping to have him on my interview show uh, fairly soon. I, usually he's watching. I don't know if he's in the chat. Say hi. But, um, yeah, you know what's funny? I just noticed on that commercial is, um, like, it has, like, the decline, and it's, like, you can tell it's, like, fast food. It's because it's, like, showing burgers. And then it's, like, like it's showing, like, the X. And then, like, it looks like a probably ramen order comes in. Like, that gets the green check. <laughs> it does. Yeah. I, yeah that That's yeah. smart. People who order ramen, or uh, I don't know, I don't know if. It, well, uh, of course, in you're in Brooklyn, like all the food hipsters are there. Um, well, well. <laughs> yeah, in uh, in like Mary, and well, in the Orlando area in general, there's all these poke poke restaurants. Yeah, my wife yeah. loves those. I, it, yeah. It's you eat it, and like ten minutes later, you're still hungry. I, I know it's supposed to be healthy or whatnot. Yeah, there's this place in not too far from here. It's called Curito. It's mm. kind of like. It's it's this like kind of like poke and it's like I think it's all vegan food and I got a uh, like vegan burrito there once and it was like eleven bucks it was like as much as Chipotle but it was like a third of the calories and I ate it and I was like still starving it's <laughs> <laughs> like I'm gonna pay eleven bucks for a for a burrito I want to like be processing yeah, that you yeah, know <laughs> uh, yeah exactly that makes sense right Jeez. all right let's get back to the news we got Instacart news. And I know this sounds like a broken record, folks, but I swear this is new news. Instacart hires former Facebook ads exec Carolyn Everson as president. And remember they uh, poached uh, Facebook uh, Fiji Simo as their CEO. So, yeah. I mean, this is this is not a lot to say here. It's more like a press release almost. Let's go over it real quick. This is from Axios.com. Carolyn Everson, Facebook's former head of global ad sales, has joined Instacart as president. The company tells Axios... Why it matters, she groans a joining a growing list of former Facebook employees joining Instacart. Everson will, rep will report to the company's new CEO, Fiji Simo, who was previously head of Facebook app. 
In her new role, Everson will oversee a large portfolio of business functions, including Instacart's retail, business development, advertising businesses, people, policy, and government affairs, legal partnership, and its pickup and care teams. The big picture, Everson left Facebook abruptly in June after the company named another longtime Facebook executive, Marn Levine, to the newly created role of chief. Uh, let's see. So, not I mean, not much to say here. It's just kind of uh, saying that, you know, Instacart has poached another Facebook executive, and it's it's kind of I don't know if I should be happy or creeped out or what, but it's like should we call Instacart Facebook cart or Instabook or I I, I, th- <laughs> I think what they're doing or what the CEO is doing is is not you know what they say is not what you know is who you know. Mm-hmm. She's comfortable. She may be already working with those not only already but had worked with some of these people in the past. And it's kind of similar when you get your, you know, new coach for a sports team. The new coach is going to bring all of his people. So the people that were there will, will get kicked out or get pushed to the side and he'll bring or she'll bring their group. And it's like, mm-hmm. well, this person worked with me in this company for a while. I liked how they did things. Let's go over here. So I think that's probably what's happening. Yeah. If I had to, if I had to guess. But it is interesting, though, that like the difference between Instacart and Facebook, whereas like Instacart is... <laughs> like more like where the rubber meets the road because it's getting product to customer. Whereas Facebook is just this social media platform. And like, you know, the real revenue there is from like running ads on the site and like obviously data mining, but like, they're not trying like, there isn't, I mean, go on Facebook and like, you can't even like, can you buy a Facebook t-shirt directly from Facebook? Probably not. Like you would go to like, hot topic or amazon or something you know like there isn't like much like i don't know if there's anything that facebook can sell you that you can like hold in your hand except maybe like the oculus glasses you know Mm -hmm. yeah it's a service yeah i mean well really facebook just like the rest of these uh social media platforms the product is 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 you yeah user you're the product they are going to bring advertisers because they know advertisers know that everyone is on their phone looking at facebook and that's you know that's the customer. The business is the customer, and we're the product. Now, Instacart, I, I I see what you're saying. You're bringing these people who are, who are experts in this in that kind of part of the business in that kind of industry. But you know, Instacart is about people going to these grocery stores, collecting groceries for customers, mm-hmm. and you have to work with the customers. You got to work for the, with the shoppers and the stores. It's not the same. So. Um, I'm still gonna wait it out before I just think it's gonna work or not. I I don't know. I'll be honest. I don't know how the CEO is gonna pan out. Um, it'd be nice if she was getting people that were a part of like a restaurant or not. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily, you know, manage a restaurant, but some expertise in logistics, like yeah, maybe in some a, in a field, UPS or yeah. executive at FedEx. Even though they all suck, some, but at least they <laughs> have experience in logistical operation or it doesn't have to be logistics it just be like any business where they're selling products instead of service. something physical yeah. yeah yeah although technically instacart is a technology company and they're just connecting shoppers with customers you know they're just yeah, yeah. they're just a middleman folks it's not... <laughs> don't blame us it's yeah. Just, yeah, right? speaking of instacart instacart has been absolutely dead i mean summer slowdown mm. i mean school I don't. You know, it's funny. It's in the South, school starts in August. It's kind of, they go by basically like a college schedule. Like they start in yeah, August yeah. and they finish in May. And then when I lived up north, we always started like after Labor Day, and then we didn't. 
then we went to like mid June, you know. Yeah, end of June. Yeah. So I'm hoping that once the kids are back in school, um, and especially once the weather gets like slightly colder, like things will pick up. But Instacart has been. I didn't like today was Sunday, and usually on Sunday, like all I do is Instacart. I didn't do a single Instacart order all day. All I did was Grubhub, Uber Eats, and DoorDash. Because all the Instacart, yeah, and it's it's really pissing me off because like they have this shop only order now because they got rid of all the in store shoppers and so they just have us do it, and there's no tips on shop only orders. So it's only, they're only worth it if like you're in the store parking lot and like it's a fairly small order. It's kind of like because like they're like basically like DoorDash or Uber Eats type wages, you know, like sub ten dollars, and it's gonna take you like about probably about twenty minutes. So, yeah. has, like, I have to, like, be really, really close to the store because, like, I'll see them where it says it's only, like, three items for, like, eight bucks. I'm like, yeah, I can knock out three items, you know, in, you know, ten minutes or so. But it's, like, I have to already be close to the store. I'm not going to go all the way across town to make eight dollars. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, um, I think they're going to – if they haven't already, uh, I think delivery-only orders are going to be a thing of the past. Mm. I used to love those. I mean, they were basically like doing Instacart or, or, or well, yeah, Instacart was like doing Instacart. It's basically like doing DoorDash or, or Grubhub or Uber Eats because all you do is just roll up to the store. Or You know what it is? It's like doing the, the Whole Foods deliveries through Amazon Flex. So. Gotcha. All right. All right. Moving on. Speaking of DoorDash. I had to get a drink of water here. DoorDash and talks to invest in German grocery app Gorillas. Uh, strange name or whatever. So DoorDash, the largest food delivery com- group in the United States, is preparing to make its first investment in Europe by investing in Gorillas, a fast-growing Berlin-based grocery delivery app. The Gorilla, <laughs> it just says The Gorilla, was trying to raise hundreds of millions of dollars in valuations of about $2.5 billion, far less than the original desire for a $6 billion price tag. According to people familiar with the plan, DoorDash was interested in participating in the round. These people... What is this from? California News Times? Um, I think this is like one of those stories like where they're just reporting... Oh, yeah, this is what the Financial Times wrote, and then they're just reporting on it. See, I had to go yeah. by this one because Financial Times is behind a paywall. And yeah. then there was another one, again, from News Nation USA, which I think this is the uh, Financial Times uh, more in-depth. So... Um, is ultra-fast delivery bubble popping? German startup Gorilla's valuation reportedly just plunged by $3 billion as it seeks DoorDash investment. DoorDash is considering... Yeah, yeah, yeah. So both of these stories are essentially the same. You can read them uh, yourself. So, you know, DoorDash is trying to go global. They're trying to be like... You know, like Uber is global, and I think Lyft is... I, I is Lyft just in the United States? I think they're in they're in a few countries. I think they're all in like the English speaking countries, but like Uber is like everywhere. So yeah. I think DoorDash is trying to be like, you know, why can't we do the same thing? Why can't like you can yeah. you know take a vacation to Italy and order use fire up your DoorDash app there? Is it is the aggressive growth strategy that they've been implementing? They're gonna continue it. Um Gorillas actually I, I Gorillas is in New York City. I tried to apply to set a try again next month so i guess they're pretty much uh <laughs> full um but it that uh concept ultra fast delivery where you can get in 10 to 15 minutes 
it can only work in the most densely populated areas. So New York City will work. That's why they have them. I think Gold Puff kind of same similar situation. They basically put you on an e-bike. I think they either give you one or something like that. And also Gorillas, I think it's a W-2 job too. It's not a gig job. Like you mm. are hired, they will, that's your job. We just basically running back and forth from a ghost grocery store. I don't know how it's called or how it's set up, but um, I don't see how that's working. Distribution work center. Up. Yeah, I don't know how it's gonna work. You know, because that's the advertisement. He's like, "Hey, you order from us, we'll get your order in 15 minutes." Well, Burbs, that's out. So it. Mm-hmm. So how well can it do? I think it'd just be a local kind of New York, you know, L.A., Chicago, where it's worth it to to implement this. Yeah, um, but I I, I I I just don't really get it. It's like, especially like if DoorDash, they already have their own Dash Mart, so it's like, what do they need this another company for? A lot of competition, yeah. which is good for us because we can bounce around and try different stuff. We don't have to. There's no one you know monopoly. So I think it's it, it's a good idea. We I think we need as much companies to you know start up and and try to do things differently than what DoorDash and Uber Eats mm-hmm. is doing. It show them maybe there's a different way of doing it, and DoorDash may look at that and think, okay, yeah, that's a good idea. So I guess we'll see what's going on with this uh, other companies. Yeah, um, not a whole lot to say about that one. Just we'll we should come back to that in a few months or a year or whatever. I didn't know they were in New York. I thought they were only in Europe though. By the way, Gig Mom Tony is here. Say hi. Hey. Hey. And yeah. the Driven Dad, he did a, uh, he did my um, Chad's charity challenge. So thanks, man, for that. Awesome. I did donate ten bucks. Um, not much else happening in the chat there. Kyle is still here. All right, so I guess we can move on to the next story. HelloFresh CEO and one of the meal kit leader is joining the grocery delivery frenzy. We're not trying to copy Instacart. All right, so HelloFresh, I have used this service, and I think it's it's better for, like, couples or families. Like, if you're single, like, either there's, like, I'll, I, because I, I did use it a few months ago, and it's, like, it just takes forever to, like, put together a meal, and then, like, you can only eat like if you eat all of it, it's like way too much. But if you only eat half of it, it's not nearly enough. So <laughs> it's like yeah, you got to eat like two it, it, it for two people. It took too long to to cook the food. Yeah, it took it because it, like and all the recipes are more or less the same. Like it's all they want you to put salt and pepper on everything, put butter on everything, put garlic yeah. on everything. That's how um, you do it. They send you a lot of carrots, potatoes. And they want you to, you know, chop them up and then bake them. And, like, baked carrots are pretty good. But, and you, they want you to drizzle olive oil on everything. And it's just, <laughs> and one of the reasons I bought the the meal kit is because I hate to cook. And I was like, okay, well, this comes with everything. Like, and I just, all I have to do is follow the instructions. Right. You know, I'm thinking, like, so I did it for, like, a month. And after the month, I still did not like to cook. In fact, I, I would probably say I hate cooking now more than ever. Aww. So... Yeah, I need a girlfriend or wife who really enjoys cooking. <laughs> and I'm a, I'll be happy to sign up for HelloFresh. One of the things about HelloFresh is they said, like, one of the selling points is that it's supposed to be cheaper than going to the supermarket, which I'm waving a bullshit flag on that. It is it is not cheaper. Yeah. Um, 
to go through. But they want to do. They want to get it into delivery. So how would that? How would that work? Well, I'm glad you asked. Let me bring the story up here. All right, so meal kit provider HelloFresh. By the way, this is on Insider.com, so unless you're a subscriber, it's going to be behind a paywall. Um, I'm sure if you Google it, that Nation USA news is probably has it on. Uh, Let's see. Meal kit provider HelloFresh said Wednesday that it's expanding its subscription platform to include up to 150 boutique grocery items and prepared foods as it looks to take a bigger chunk of the at-home food budget HelloFresh market as the service is called, will allow subscribers to bundle one-off items like fully cooked chicken breasts and Epicurean butter in their weekly meal kit deliveries. HelloFresh moves into a la carte groceries takes place as other companies that deliver food are broadening what they sell. Earlier this month, unicorn startup GoPuff said it would start delivering hot, ready-to-eat meals across the U.S., adding to a selection of food, personal care, and household items that it already delivers from its warehouses. DoorDash and Uber Eats have also expanded their restaurant delivery operations to include groceries, drugstore items, and pet supply. Blue Apron, a competitor in the meal space kit or meal kit space, has also started to offer grocery options outside of its kits, such as butcher bundles. At the same time, grocery marketplaces like Hunger Guru, Imperfection Foods, and Thrive Market have all expanded their product selections this year. These niche super, uh, marketplaces have added a wider range of products similar to what shoppers find in traditional markets. Um, so this is kind of long, but it's basically when you're, I think it's like when you're ordering your HelloFresh, it's going to give you the option of like adding on a few, like, like there's a lot, like there's a lot of food that doesn't come with it. Like, it, like it doesn't come with, like if something you need butter, they're not going to obviously give you butter. So it'd be like, Hey, you want to, we'll, we'll throw in butter for an extra two dollars or whatever it that's, is that's like not that. bad that's a, yeah. that's a pretty good idea if they if they're not trying to do something ridiculously at, oh, not over the top but trying to like i said they're not trying to copy instacart mm-hmm. but if you're just doing that yeah or sometimes when you use a meal that you really like because I, I used to do blue apron it, it, and they're basically the same as hello fresh which you explained, yeah that there's certain things that you actually like more of that they didn't put in there Mm-hmm. So the idea that you can customize a little bit and spend a few more dollars, um, I think that's a good idea. That's actually sound like something that if I did do, uh, if I did continue, because I stopped. Uh, unlike you, when I did it, I actually enjoy cooking. So I cook <laughs> now. Like Blue Apron got me to cook. So it's, it's like the opposite of you. Um, I can make a mean bacon, egg and cheese bagel. That's about it. That's not bad. <laughs> that's not bad but yeah that, those are like simple ideas like all right yeah that yeah i, I would I, I would think that would be that would make sense that should that should make them money yeah well i mean if hello fresh needs 1099 drivers let me know right <laughs> uh jacqueline taylor is here hey gig, gig iq says hello fresh is definitely cheaper than going to restaurants but definitely not cheaper than doing your own shopping yeah i agree you know that's that's a good yeah it was kind of like in the middle right yeah that that makes sense i think hello fresh is and like all those meal delivery kits i think they are they're they're pretty upscale it is it is not if it was cheaper than going to the supermarket like everybody would be using it and i think they're still like they're mostly like they're kind of like a i was gonna say hipster type thing but yeah. It's like you you don't I've never seen a commercial on TV for like Hello Fresh. It's like you always just you hear ads for them on podcasts. Um yeah, or, a lot a lot of the internet stuff, like yeah. uh, social media feeds stuff like that. Yeah, so it's a very much Gen X and millennial thing. Like 
you know, my boomer parents have never heard of this and they certainly would, no. I can't imagine they would ever use it. No. And, uh, they, they always say like, they cook. always say like, you can get, you can gift people kits. Like you can send kits to fem- friends and family for free. And I'm like, well, why can't I just gift myself one? Or I should, I should gift the down, my downstairs neighbor, you know? <laughs> and then when yeah. it shows up on his porch, just go grab it, you know? <laughs> so, uh, I think that's about it as far as our news news. Yeah. I mean, there's tons of other news to talk about, folks. But all right, we got one more ad, and then we get into the lighter stuff. So here is an ad for Maximo. All you Uber and Lyft drivers, all you rideshare drivers, listen up. Meet Joe. He's a rideshare driver that drives for Uber and Lyft. Joe currently uses multiple phones to efficiently drive for Uber and Lyft. But this can be a pain at times and very unsafe. That was until Joe found Maximo, the rideshare app that automates Uber and Lyft ride requests. Maximo will use the filters set by Joe, like time, distance, and passenger rating, to determine which rides are best suited for Joe. When a ride request comes in, Joe doesn't need to worry. Maximo will automatically accept the ride request that matches his filters, and then turn off the app that isn't currently on a ride. Once Joe finishes the ride, Maximo will turn everything back on. This will allow Joe to focus more on his passengers and driving safe. All right, so that was uh, Maximo. All you Uber and Lyft drivers who use Android, uh, check out Maximo. It's at MaximoApp.com. All right, so we got two, what I would call op-ed news. It's like they're not like hard news. It's more like somebody's opinion, but it's you know something that's pretty you know uh, substantial, something uh, newsworthy uh, to talk about. So our first one is why Instacart must automate to survive. This is by Elliot Rabinovich on Entrepreneur.com. And this is kind of a follow-up to what we were talking about a week or two ago about Instacart starting um, their own, like, warehouses, like, with robots doing all the picking and stuff. Yeah. Um, I mean, this is very – this is it's pretty long. So, again, link in the description below if you want to uh, read yourself. Yeah. I think there was – It kind of it, it makes – it's – from from what I read it – I think I read it a couple of days ago. Mm-hmm. It's if they want to survive not being pushed out by Amazon, <laughs> they're going right. to have to yeah get get basically get the automation, get the robots working because eventually Amazon is going to probably yeah first of all Amazon's already doing it so they could just say well we could do this with groceries mm-hmm. and get this done faster and cheaper than you Instacart you're probably going to be pushed out eventually so I think that's what the article was saying. And it's probably true, unfortunately. Um, I like Instacart. I like the experience. I order it once a week. I like I like talking to a person that's shopping. It's called you know personal mm-hmm. shopper. But if if Amazon could say I can get your groceries to you, and you have to tip, or you don't have to uh, spend you spend a little even less money. You're not paying hundred dollars. Um, I think I forgot what the Instacart. I think it was like hundred dollars a year or something like that. Oh yeah, but it could yeah. be even For cheaper. The Instacart. Yeah. Um... 
whatever. I forget the name of it, but yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. it's like the Instacart version of Amazon Prime or whatever, or Dash Pass. And the amount of labor costs gets uh, mm-hmm. diminished because there's no there's not a person putting it together. I think that's what that's uh, mm-hmm. that's the future. I it, there's this podcast you should listen to. It's called Rideshare Rodeo, and it's basically the same thing as as this show or the Gig Economy podcast. Even though it's called Rideshare Rodeo, he talks about a lot more than Rideshare. He talks about you know anything happening in gig economy. And he was talking about this on his show on Wednesday. In fact, i got to get him on the show. Uh, his name's Steve. He was one of the para guys, or is one of the para guys, I should say. And uh, so he, his point was that, you know, I think we're at least a decade away before everything's, like, fully automated. Maybe even longer. Because, I mean, like, yeah, we do have, like... And, like, I think we talked about this last week or two weeks ago about robo-taxis in Austin and Miami. But, I mean... As of right now, like that stuff is like still kind of like a novelty, and it's <laughs> maybe it's a bad analogy, but it's kind of like the COVID vaccine, and like where a lot of people are hesitant because it's like I don't know. I mean, like, would you get into a robo taxi? Personally, yeah, yes. but I'm a nerd. I, I find that interesting. <laughs> I would but still be nervous mom- though. I don't know. She maybe it it depends. Like I mean, every, if it's at Disney every, World, like okay, like that I get. But like out on yeah, the street, yeah. um, every yeah. time a auto, like a Tesla crashes, it's like national news. Even though there's crashes every day at every hour, by us dummies, humans driving cars and making tons of mistakes. But we don't want to trust a robot that's probably, you know, programmed to do it better than we could probably do it. At least safer. We've freak out like we were like the dog with the vacuum and the vacuum turns on the dogs and the cat just runs away they don't want, they don't understand the technology so I, I i i understand that but automating kills jobs so eventually yeah. like yeah 10 years yeah where where's all these people gonna work what, what are you gonna do now yeah there's a there's this economist i follow his name is bob murphy i'll have to send you some uh here's a show i mean it's called the bob murphy show or the bob murphy podcast and he it was a it was like a while ago but He's talking about how automation, and he's not the only uh, economist I've heard say this, but um, he's saying like, you know, yes, robots are coming and yes, it's going to be a great thing because they're going to free up so much time and like make, make our lives so much more better. And he's saying like, you know, like the, for lack of a better word, Luddites, the the people who are afraid of machines and automation and stuff, they always say like, Every time like automation comes, they're always like, "Okay, this time it's different. This time we're screwed." And he's saying like, "Well, you know, why would, why is it going to be different this time?" That's what you guys have said for generations, going all the way back to the industrial revolution. That's you know? true. So, it's hard. It, people, it takes a while to embrace change. Yeah, I mean, it's just so hard to because like it's easy to kind of predict the future when you can actually see what's happening. Like as far as like here's the plans that's in development, but it's more like okay. But it, what's hard to predict is how people are going to react to that because that's just like there's no plans and development for how people react or how people adapt and change, you know? Definitely. Yeah. So, yeah, I recommend everybody check that one out. Why Instacart must automate to survive. Uh, we got one more on the op ed news. Another investing. We should do, I think we should do like one investing story a week, which we pretty much have. So. Uh, this and last week it was funny because like uh, our investing story was why nobody should invest in Uber and this one says why no one should invest in food delivery stocks. 
So this is uh, Zion's son. The COVID-19 pandemic made food delivery incredibly popular. An estimated 111 million Americans used food delivery apps last year compared to just 66 million five years ago. DoorDash, Uber, and Just Eat Takeaway, that's that's the Grubhub's parent company, are currently the three largest food companies, blah, blah, blah. Despite amazing user growth, food delivery stocks are terrible investments. Their business models are simply not suitable for this continent. Let's look at why they are not the consumer goods stocks you want to buy. So I'm just going to read the bullet points here. The poor economics of food delivery in North America. No pay, no effort. Profitability is a hard-to-solve issue. So, um, yeah, check this article out whenever you get a chance. And, again, neither. I mean, we're both, like, amateur investors, but I always like when somebody, like, especially, like, on a legit invest, like, The Motley Fool, fool mm-hmm. I would say that's a pretty legit investing insight. It's not, you know, your yeah, uncle's you, basement.com. <laughs> you, you, you would have to you would have to know what you're doing because mm-hmm. you obviously you understand a, you understand that the the business model of the gig that these companies are not working but you can still finesse it and make money if you know what you're doing like yeah i'm gonna buy because like if for instance if if you know doordash you know i think doordash stock right now is not i think they they did they're okay right now but if you're able to jump in up. and you may think, hey, uh, you know, maybe DoorDash gets some good news. It gets some better news, more investments. You know, people if stock may go up. You sell before it drops when you realize that eventually they still can't make, you know, they're not going to make that profit. So you definitely got to know what you're doing. But I do not have any stock in in uh, any of those delivery. Um, the only one mm-hmm. I have is Rover. And that's ridiculous. But I got to. You know, I'm not a huge fan of the Cash App because it's owned by Jack, the guy from Twitter. Mm-hmm. But it's a. I don't know if you can see. Here's DoorDash, uh, stock price over the last year. So like it's it's been roller coasting. I mean, it's back up to where, it was it was down for a long time and it's it's mm-hmm. back up. Um, One thing is, I it's not going to be five hundred dollars a share. And yeah, which is it's what not, that is not Tony Shu to needs to get like this huge bonus. <laughs> I will probably bet that's not going to happen. No. Yeah. Um, I don't think, well, for my super, super amateur, you know, uh, investment or invest, I don't know. This is not financial advice, folks, is what I'm trying to say. It's, I don't think there's anything wrong with buying like a little bit. Like I might buy like one DoorDash stock, one Uber stock, one Just Eat Takeaway stock um, just to have it. Just in case, because I don't think like these things are gonna tank. Well, maybe, maybe well, maybe Grubhub, but <laughs> I think Uber yeah. and DoorDash. I think they're in it for the long haul, and I think it's gonna be like a roller coaster ride for a while, and then they'll, it should stay, you know, stable out eventually. I don't know if like they'll be at like, you know, the Amazon type stratosphere, like a thousand dollars a share, but About three thousand uh, Amazon is That's it crazy? Wow. Yeah. And uh, yeah, we can talk crypto too. That's something I will give you advice on. Buy crypto, folks. Doesn't matter which one. Just buy something. Mm-hmm. I will say Bitcoin is king for a reason. So, gotcha, gotcha. Um, all right. So we have a legit. Well, it's not really funny. It's just more. It's on the light side. We have a a story about condiments. 
And it's related to Instacart. Instacart reveals America's nitpicky needs and questionable quirks, quirks when it comes to condiments. This is from penlive.com. Kind of a weird source, but... Um, so this is kind of like a, you know, infographics type thing. It's like they show a bunch of charts of the country. America's favorite sauces. So in New York City, it is ketchup. That's true. <clears throat> yeah, that's true. I thought it would be... I thought it'd be like mustard, cause like um. So you're mm. you're a native New Yorker, right? Yeah, born and raised. Cor- yeah, ketchup is correct. But when <laughs> when you like, there's hot dog carts on like well, not every corner, but I mean that's something that New York used is to, it for. used to be. It used to be on every corner. No. So now it's like it's a food trucks are kind of new carts. Yeah, it's food trucks now. Yeah, but isn't like the the long controversy over whether you put ketchup on a hot dog it should like just be mustard we can make we can do a whole show about this because <laughs> i know like yes i think hot dog snobs say you don't you should not put the hot dog on your hot you should put shouldn't put ketchup on your hot dog like where are you seven mm-hmm. i like ketchup on my hot dog like what yes you can do all types of different things hot dogs are very versatile you can put all types of stuff on them but some snobs are like that's for children. You put mustard on the hot dog and, you know, you can put some other stuff, but ketchup is for kids. And I disagree. Well, oh, I'm a child. I don't know. Yeah, I I agree. Like, I, I will put ketchup on a hot dog, but not on a brat. Any kind of brat or Italian sausage, strictly spicy mustard. That's it. No ketchup. Oh, pa- Pedro, Pedro says ketchup does not go on hot dogs ever. So I thought we were friends, Pedro. I, I thought we were cool. He said ever. <laughs> I said, you know what's funny is uh, I, the only time I like yellow mustard or finger paint mustard, as some people call it, is on a hot dog. But actually, I'm pro I'm pro mustard. I like uh, I like mustard. Speaking of ketchup, so I I ran out of ketchup the other day. Yeah. And I was at Publix or something, and usually I get um I go to Aldi and get the uh, the organic one there because it's like I mean everything at Aldi is super cheap, but uh, it doesn't. I didn't realize it. So I, I bought Hunt's ketchup because it was like the cheapest brand. I just needed ketchup. Mm. I forget why. Um, and then I got home and I, you know, I, I think I was making one of my Dr. Prager's veggie burgers and I put it on and it's like, it doesn't, to me, it didn't taste like ketchup. It tastes like jam almost. Yeah. And then I looked at the ingredients because it has high fructose corn syrup in it. And then I realized, I looked at the, Simply Nature, like which is one of the Aldi brands, and like, like everything's organic, and it didn't have. There's no added sugar, no high fructose corn syrup. It tastes yeah. way better, and it's not so sweet. I'm like, ah, like why do they get put high fructose corn syrup in everything? So like, I had this like 99% full bottle of Hunt's ketchup, and I just threw it out, and I went to Aldi and bought more ketchup because it didn't have the added sugar in it, and it tastes so much better so yeah folks if you're if you like ketchup i mean most people like ketchup get uh, yeah. try to find stuff without high fructose corn syrup in it because ketchup with sugar um it's what, it's so like I, tomato I, I see, jam almost exactly i can see why people are like yeah ketchup is not is because others have better taste of better flavor like hot sauce like there's so many different types of hot sauces like incredible like i know i should be in the west coast because a lot of their mm. what they're into i'm into as well Mm-hmm. But this thing, this is pretty accurate of, of, of what, you know, West Coast is hot sauces, obviously. Uh, it's in, a, you know, in the middle of the country. Pickled vegetables. I love pickles. Pickle anything. 
I'll eat it. It's delicious. Yeah, you know what's funny? I never got into relish. My dad likes really? relish. Oh, I, relish I love. I love. Yeah. I love actual pickles. I mean, this is this is weird. When it comes to me and cucumbers, like I cannot eat like a raw cucumber like on a salad. Like it, it's I don't know what it is. It's like it's a like texture, and like it always makes me gag or something. So I can't eat like cucumber wedges, cucumber spears, cucumber slices. Can't eat those. But pickles, I love. It doesn't matter <laughs> like if they're chips or spears, um, or like the sandwich stackers. Love them. I put like you. You, you do pickleback uh, shots. I don't think I've ever had a pickleback shot. But I know it's. Yeah. You ever had fried pickles? Those are good. Yes, I did. Yeah. Yeah. Good. And I like the um, oh, every, spicy pickles and they, oh, they're really good too. Once or twice a year, I'll buy the the super expensive Clausen uh, like refrigerated pickles, like those deli style ones. Yeah. And like they're because they're like it's the stuff like you would get like in a deli or like. Um, it's a different taste than like your ordinary Vlasic pickle, like dill pickle, and like you can buy them. Usually, like they're in like the deli section of a of a supermarket, like at Aldi, and like they come in like a plastic container instead of a glass jar, yeah. and they're refrigerated because like they're perishable. Whereas like your your standard Vlasic pickles <laughs> or anything, like they're just on the shelf. Um, and uh, yeah, so I love those, I, but I only buy those like once or twice a year because if I eat them too much, like I get sick of them. And I want it to be like a special thing, you know. Makes sense. Makes sense. Anyway, um, getting back to this article, uh, let's see the ketchup, the ketchup mustard loyalty divide, share of ketchup sales by product. The top ketchup product makes up fifty-two percent of ketchup sales on Instacart, whereas with mustard, the top mustard product only makes up sixteen percent. So people are with ketchup; they only go with like you know a few different brands. But with mustard, it's you know anything goes. Like there, there is a lot of different nice. styles of mustard. There's like the finger paint yellow mustard. There's like the spicy, you know, Dijon Where? mustard. Yeah. Um, and then like even there's like different varieties within the spicy mustard. You know, like I get, I usually just get like the Publix brand. It says deli mustard, and it has a picture of the mustard on a hot dog. Um, then they have like even more coarse mustard where it's like like has like the seeds and everything. And like that's something that, like if you ever go to like a a real hipstery beer craft beer uh, bar or you know bistro or whatever like and you get like a, a pretzel bites or something like that and it's like that 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 super coarse mustard where it's almost like like sand See the seeds you yeah see the yeah 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 i mean I that's good but i wouldn't want it at the house like that's that's like something there's certain foods it's like yeah it's good when i'm out i'll eat it but i don't i don't want to i don't yeah i don't need to have it at home Makes sense. Makes sense. We need to talk about this more, like a whole show about condiments. Yeah. Well, you know, what? um, check out my podcast with Mike Delivers that I did on Thursday because his whole show is basically once a week, or well, really every other week, he does a show where him and his wife basically go over like one food or one restaurant and uh, and do that for like an hour. And oh, that's uh, awesome. Yeah. So check. Yeah, check that. We and it's funny when I was interviewing him, we got into. Um, the stuff you know conversations like that and i was sort of surprised um like he he didn't know what the mic 1035 was you know what the mic 1035 is no what was that oh my god I, I like this is like old news like mic 1035 is so when mcdonald's used to like like cut off breakfast exactly at 10 30 and like now they, oh, okay. they, they pretty much yeah. do breakfast all day now In fact, yeah, yeah most yeah. stores are open 24 hours but mm-hmm. um so if you came into McDonald's at ten thirty when they were switching over from breakfast to lunch, 
and they still had some um, egg McMuffins or sausage McMuffins, whatever. Like you would get one, and then you would get a hamburger or a cheeseburger, and you basically mix them together. And like you would put like the hamburger on the with the egg on the English muffin. And that's mm. the ten, that's the Mc Ten Thirty Five. Oh, or you can you can get a sausage McMuffin and swap that out with a hamburger patty on like any any McDonald's hamburger. And like that's interesting. There's also the McLan Sea and Air, which is where you take a McChicken, any hamburger, and the fillet of fish, so that you have an animal from sea, sky, and air, and you put them all on one sandwich. And uh, yeah, I tried that. It was it was okay. In fact, I used to do food reviews like this year, like almost like ten years ago when I was like the biggest reckless eating fan ever. <laughs> and they're still around, by the way. So yeah, check out Reckless Eating. Um, if you're, if you like crazy food tastings and stuff like that. Gotcha. Gotcha. Anyway, what else is on here? Um, the spread of mustard, 24% of Americans hate hot sauce. I don't hate it. Which sauce is boss sales of barbecue sauce and hot sauce. Um, I like, I mean, to me, hot sauce is in like spicy food in general. It's like. It's, you know, it, it's something that should be in moderation, you know. Um, like, I'll do it every once in a while. Same thing, like, with, like, uh, do you like Indian food? A little bit. It's okay. Yeah, like, it, like if you go to an Indian restaurant, like, they usually have, like, it'll have, like, three spices, like, medium, hot, or, or you know, or, you know uh, mild, medium, hot, or whatever. And, like, yeah. even on the medium, it'll say, warning, not, not recommended for casual... Uh, consumers or something like that you know basically saying hey white people you know don't eat this it's too spicy for you and i remember i went to an indian restaurant and uh like i got a medium curry and i mean i could handle it but it was definitely hotter than i wanted like the the ultimate spicy food is like where it's a spice but it still tastes good you know yeah that's the point yeah Yeah, the flavor is supposed to be something it's kind of like with uh like for probably lack of a, a terrible, you know, comparison is like with booze or like with beer, mm-hmm. um, like really, really strong beer. I mean, it can taste really, really good, but you know, if it's really, really strong and tastes really, really good, it's also really, really expensive, you know? Um, so like you can get really strong stuff that tastes like crap, but it's also cheap. Gotcha, so gotcha. yeah, it's trying to find that, like that, uh, syn- synergy between all of them, you know? But, uh, you know, I was telling, again, I was telling this with uh, Mike on Thursday is, uh, I got not big, but I just kind of developed a, a taste for hot food when I was in the Navy because the food on the ship in the, in the, the galley would be so bland, like, but they would have Tabasco sauce and Texas peat on like every table. So like you would get, you would put it on everything. Well, not everything, but a lot of stuff, especially like scrambled eggs and in, in the, for breakfast, mm-hmm. you put hot sauce on everything just to give it some taste. Right, right, you know, right. I have a feeling that they probably do this in prison too. You know, I don't think they have hot sauce in prison. Do they? Uh, yeah, because it's, it's practically a weapon. <laughs> <laughs> probably. Yeah. Probably. You know, don't quote me on that. I've never been in prison. I don't know. I would assume they don't have that, but who knows? Oh, yeah. Let us know anybody out there who's watching <laughs> who can relate, but. Yeah, so um and as far as gig news, there isn't really you know, I can only there's only two gig news 
it's just statistics really is that nugs hit two million all-time views and bentley coop doordash nice. diaries hit five million all-time uh total views great for him yep <laughs> I, I was telling nugs i think like i think well i think it's it's possible it's possible. I don't know if it's going to happen, but I think I think it's possible that Nugs could beat Bentley Coop to 100,000 subscribers, even though Bentley Coop is like 80-something right now. It's possible. It's possible. Mm-hmm. I mean, again, I don't want to go too much into it, but um, his Bentley's behavior is the reason why he's not 100,000. That's all I'm going to say. Because <laughs> a lot of I've, it's too many messages and too many comments saying I unsubscribe. So you're losing subscribers. If he, his behavior was a little more conducive to um accepting criticism he would be at 100 already because yeah everyone is everyone's growth has been like 2020 as rapidly um increased during COVID because you had nothing else to do especially if it was in the gig economy so the fact that he's not is a reason and you know nugs videos outpaces his yeah um he has more views nugs put out um, more Megan, content Megan's videos has more views so it, yeah I think, I think you know for the most part uncle ben he's you know his stuff is just <laughs> You know, he's been there for a while, but there's other people who are more talented and more interesting than he is making, uh, you know, content. So, Yeah, and you've pretty much doubled your subscribers in like a month or two. Because I remember like when we first started the show, you were just under 1,000, and now yeah. you're almost at 2,000. Yeah, so uh, the idea his growth has not increased in his video, it's it's a reason. It's, it's a reason. Yeah, so what have yeah. you got coming up this week? Um, I'm going to be talking to Gig Life on Tuesday. And I'm going to be talking to Eli Esh on Thursday. And then do a lot of conversations, just talking. You're interviewing Tanner or he's interviewing you? I don't know what's going on. I got to check. I think he has a few people on. I, I got, I'm actually going to jump in right after this. You did a two hour one on one with Pedro the other day, too. Yes. It was, I think that, that was the bug that got me. I'm like, I want to just talk to a person for like two hours. I'm like, all right, that sounds good. Like, I talked to you for an hour and a half. So like let me you know instead of just like gig news we'll just talk about like one topic and just dive into it. So um, gig life he made a really good video the other day. I want to talk to him about that. And Eli he's starting a, another business. I want to talk to him about that. So yeah. should be interesting. Uh, going back to Bentley Coop for a minute though is that I I found that like I forget the exact day of his that that one video he made that like everybody flipped out about. Um, like and then he him and he was kind of like playing like uh, I'm trying to think of like a who's like the Hall of Fame heel wrestler like Rowdy Rowdy Piper or Iron Sheik or something uh, you know yeah. who's like the the most famous of the villain uh, Randy Savage I don't know was he a hero or a villain I can barely remember you know, all but, all the wrestlers yeah. go from face to heel. Mm-hmm. And multiple times in their career. Yeah. So. so, I mean, like we were saying this in our early days of this show is that it, it was weird for Coop to be playing the role of the villain. And he he was kind of like, some people kind of compared to like LeBron going from Cleveland to Miami or to LA or wherever he is, you know. Yeah. And um, I, I think that he's kind of, he, like I still see his stories, his shorts or whatever every once in a while. And he... As far as I can tell, he isn't really making these rap battle type videos anymore. He's more about, hey, here's what I'm doing, you know? So I think he's kind of That's good. backing off from the embracing the villain role, and he's trying to go back to the good old 
friendly neighborhood yeah, just, Bentley Coupe yeah, that used to know. Make, make your four tips to drive a DoorDash or you have yeah. whatever. You know, read from the DoorDash newsletter. Like, you know, simple stuff. <laughs> <laughs> you know, just do some simple stuff, man. Um, and so, yeah, if we want drama, so there's this guy, and i so there's this guy, he's on uh, Twitter and Instagram, not, not here on YouTube. He's go, he goes by the name, the master dasher. I think he's out of Manhattan actually, or Queens or something. I think he's up there in New York. And I remember reading a recent news story where they actually interviewed him and his whole, he's, he's basically, he's kind of like Bentley Coop, except just in text form. You know, he doesn't make videos. And it's all about, like, he never, ever, ever criticizes DoorDash. And he basically just says, if your market sucks, move to a different market. Like, if a restaurant, he, he like, he, his, all his tweets are like these, like, what we were talking about last week with platitudes and, like, the most basic, you know, uh, positivity advice and stuff like that. Yeah. And uh, I tweeted at him and I said, I'm not saying you're on the DoorDash payroll. I'm just saying I can't tell the difference. Or how I wouldn't know how I could tell the difference. And he wrote mm. back, like, am I wrong? And I just wrote, please just show me one tweet where you've ever criticized DoorDash ever. And he has, like, a bunch. I mean, he has, like, I don't know, like 10,000 followers or something on, on Twitter. And I have, like, 100 or something. <laughs> mm. So he's, like, trying to, like, all his followers start dunking on me. And, like... When it comes to Twitter, it's like I I really don't care. Like with with Twitter, I think of it at, like I go out there. Like the whole point of Twitter is to basically like Twitter to me is just is like a prison yard where it's like everybody's just out there itching for a fight, you know? Yeah. yeah and yeah. Uh, so like I I don't really take anything personally on there. And the fact like when I used to have like my own like I was like at Chad Poland's on Twitter from like two thousand nine to like twenty seventeen or something like that. Like I was actually. I actually cared. And like, if I got in an argument with somebody, it like really annoyed me. And then I, I deleted that Twitter account a long time ago. And I started a new one, uh, to promote, you know, this channel and this podcast and you know, this, uh, all this stuff. And, uh, so if I get into an argument with somebody, like I really, it really doesn't bother me because I feel like hardly anybody's going to see it. And, uh, and this, so this dude, the master dasher, he blocked me. And, uh, so yeah, I guess that, that beef is over. <laughs> no, the beef is never over. So what I was gonna he he sells if you if you can believe this or not he sells a course on how to make twenty dollars an hour as a DoorDash driver, and I don't know if it's nice. so much a course as it is like an ebook. But I thought about buying it and then doing a video review of it, being like, you know, is there anything in here that you're not gonna know from watching free YouTube videos? You know, so yeah, that's that's a, that's a video. Yeah, so we'll see. Anyways, how long have we been going? Like ninety minutes or so. I think so. 122, yeah. Nice to see some new people in the chat. I got to give Gig IQ a wrench. I mean, he's been here since uh, the start of the show. At least we didn't have any spam bots this week. Yay. We're up to $405 raised. All right, thanks. Hey, Chris Barnes just got here. It's always people... I You know what, this... uh. The chat on my on my end is like thirty minutes behind real time. So <laughs> that's why actually what I've been doing is I I sign in on my other channel on my phone. And I've been watching on my phone, and also that way uh, I just minimize all the windows except for this one, and it it uh, it it doesn't kill the processor that way. Okay, that's good. So, 
right, we're running pretty long, so I guess that about wraps it up. And like I said, I if Hannibal's up for it, I would consider doing this show twice a week. I think we could do it instead of doing it Sundays, we could do it Monday and Friday night. Then Monday would cover everything that happened over the weekend plus Monday, and then Friday would cover Tuesday through Friday. Or I thought about just doing a daily, you know, nightly news show, just a rundown of what happened in the news, and like like in a, like this type of news show, and then then we could do this show again on Sunday. So, you know. Okay. Well, let me um, let's let's let me look at the days that I can mm-hmm. do it in times. So, well, yeah. Uh, let's we'll talk about it. Okay. Yeah, but I think I think Monday and Friday night would be perfect or maybe tuesday and friday or something like that yeah yeah i don't have a guest lined up for wednesday as of yet but um i'm sure um we'll have somebody down and i'm still i'm like this close to uh you know putting our videos onto an audio podcast so we'll see all right we're going super long if you watch all the way in you are awesome remember to check out chad's charity challenge all you guys out there the Driven Dad, he just did a uh, contribution, so check that out. And uh, I'm still challenging my co-host Hannibal here, Pedro, DoorDash Dad, UDM, uh, Gig Life, all you guys. And some of the, and I talked to some people. They said I already did a tour of my car, and I was like, just throw hashtag Chad's Charity Challenge on there, and then I'll donate the the money uh, awesome. to the to the charity. So, oh and, yeah, and Gig IQ. Uh, if you you know, I know you're a fan of the channel. And you make you actually make videos. You're not just a commenter, so uh, you know get on it there. All right. I hope everybody has a good night. Thanks for watching, and I will see you Wednesday night. All right. Bye. Later.